It's our third Sunday in the series of uh, stewardship messages built around our 2015 budget, which is, has the theme, uh, Living Faithfully and Giving Generously. And uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, we began this and I announced that we would go for three weeks, one of the guys in my MP3 group, that's the men's uh, small group Bible study, said, you probably made a mistake in doing that because now everybody's going to stay away. Well, interesting, last week we were down 75 in attendance, and um, I'm not quite sure we... Uh, I have a full house today, so I don't know whether it has anything to do with it or not. But um, I got some other responses that uh, over the years are typical about stewardship messages. Uh, we know it's important. Uh, the vast majority of believers when surveyed said they know that tithing uh, is a biblical commandment from God and they should do that, but they don't, they don't. They just don't follow through with that. And that's being disobedient to something God says. So we always need to preach about stewardship and about money and how to handle it because the Bible has a lot to say about that. And God wants us to be faithful in that area. So if we're going to live faithfully and give generously, uh, then we need to focus upon today uh, giving obediently, and that is through the tithe. So in response to some other stewardship sermons, uh, one time the uh, stewardship committee chairman said to the pastor, he said, well, your stewardship sermons are improving. We don't have any more money, but we're getting a lot more IOUs. And the minister of music came to the pastor and said, well, he said, I wrote a special offertory for today. He said, when you play it backwards, you hear the words tithe, tithe, tithe. It feels good to tithe. You might want to try that some week. Right? That might work. Then a boy came home uh, one day from church, and he was eating a candy bar. His mom had stayed home with a sick uh, brother or whatever. And uh, she said, uh, where'd you get the candy bar? And he said, well, I bought it with the dollar that you gave to me. And she said, I gave that dollar to you for your offering to give the church. And he said, I know. But I met the pastor at the door, and he got me in for free. And then it actually happened in a Sunday school class of boys. The teacher asked that as they gave their offering, each boy would recite a verse of Scripture. First boy came and gave his offering, and the teacher uh, listened as he said, The Lord loveth the cheerful giver. Second boy came, and he gave his offering, and he said, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The third boy came rather reluctantly, put his offering in, and he said, A fool and his money are soon parted. (laughs) Well, the world would say to us, if we give a lot of money to the church, if we dare to tithe and give that money to the church to build the kingdom of God, that we're foolish. And that's not what the Bible teaches us. And that's part of our challenge if we want to create a culture of generosity so that we can live faithfully and give generously, then we need to understand the biblical principles about tithing because that's very significant. Uh, we've asked you to commit stewardship, commit stewardship commitments. And, and a few weeks ago, we turned those cards in. And still coming in, and we ask you to continue to do that if you haven't. And we sent a very gentle letter of reminder this past week, sent it to everybody again, because I don't know who gives, who has made that commitment, who hasn't. But just a gentle reminder to say, if you haven't made a stewardship commitment, um, we ask you to do that. Because it's going to take 100% of us giving what we should give to reach our budget goal for this year. We had to leave it the same as this past year at 1.625. As of Friday, we had pledged 72% of our budget. We're well on the way towards that. That represents 200 commitment cards uh, and 338 members. 
And I believe it would be an exciting thing in the life of our church. I think it would be uh, a great blessing that would come to us and glorify God if 100% of us would turn in a commitment card and then honor the commitment that we've made to give and to give obediently through the tithe. And that's where our challenge in Scripture comes today. I want us to look here in, in, Math, in a Malachi. Uh, probably the only thing you recognize about Malachi is about the tithe. Where he talks about bring the tithe into the storehouse and I will bless you. And Malachi has a whole lot to say. It's written around the backdrop of the people of Israel, the people of God being unfaithful to him in a lot of different ways. And when we pick up in chapter 3 verse 6, uh, we'll see that, that this section answers a lot of the issues they were dealing with. First of all, God says, I, the Lord, do not change. See, he wants to let them know that though they had changed and rebelled against him, that he didn't change. He, he remains the same. And he says, that for that reason, O descendants of Jacob, you are not destroyed. He says, ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? And God's answer is, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, God says. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. So God says that in verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said, it is futile to serve you, God. See, some of them were saying, why should we bother to give you that 10%? Because we don't get the blessings. Look at the others who are not righteous and how they are blessed. And they, 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 talk, they comment about that uh, uh, later on in this passage. He says, but now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper, and even those who challenge God escape. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored His name. Maybe that was kind of like a commitment card we've asked you to complete. And they will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. In other words, God is saying, you've rebelled against me, you've chosen to do that, and you're not experiencing being blessed. You're whining and crying about it. You're saying, look at the unrighteous. They are blessed and we're not. And God's saying, it's all your fault. You've lied to me. You've said things about me. You're robbing me. You're not giving me the tithe. Bring the full tithe. And you will see the distinction because I will bless you abundantly. And you'll know the difference between those who are righteous because of their blessings and those who are unrighteous because they will not be blessed. You see, the backdrop to what, what Malachi is writing here has to do with the fact that hundreds of years prior to this writing, uh, the people of God had been challenged uh, from the Word of God about 
how to make money, how to handle their money, how to give money, not stay in debt, uh, and give to the poor, and give their tithe, 10% to the storehouse uh, that, uh, that God commanded them to do. For a long time they followed those principles. And they were blessed. But then they got away from God. They forgot about that commandment, or they put it away intentionally. They did not make money the way they should. They didn't manage money the way they should. They didn't give money the way they should. They got in debt. They didn't give to the poor. And they did not bring the full 10% tithe. Some of it nothing at all into the storehouse of God. Now what would happen? Well, maybe in Malachi's day, it's kind of like today. Maybe somebody would go to the market and go shopping and they would see a whole lot of good things that they could get. Nothing wrong with that, but they would overspend their budget. And then they would say, well, how am I going to make this up? So they would say, I know what I'll do. I just won't pay God's tithe this week, and he'll never miss it. If I don't give mine, everybody else who's giving theirs, he'll never miss it. Or maybe somebody started to build a house. And a lot of times when you start building a house, you, uh, you want to add on a lot of things. And that all those changes cost, you know. And so somebody's building a house, they add a lot of things, and they realize they go over their budget. So they're saying, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get back in, in budget? How are we going to afford this? And they say, well, the easiest thing to do is we just won't pay our tithe. We won't give that, and we won't bring that into the storehouse of God. Then surely there were others of that day who, uh, who had, made, uh, had had a landfall to come into their life. Maybe uh, their business greatly prospered, or maybe their crops were in abundance that year, and they made a lot of money on that. Or maybe they sold a piece of land that had greatly uh, appreciated in value. And when they sat down and they looked at what they had made and they realized what they were supposed to give as 10% of that, they said, no, no way I'm going to write a check for this much or give that much of my money. That's, who does God think he is anyway to want that? Nothing very different from our culture and our society today. Because the financial standards by which God had given to his people to live had absolutely been destroyed. And here comes Malachi to say, this is what God says. I don't change. My commandments don't change. If you believe me for this, you've got to believe me for everything, including giving me the tithe and experiencing the blessing. And and he says, you have robbed God. God says, you've robbed me. And they said, we wouldn't do that. He said, well, you surely wouldn't think about robbing your neighbor or a family member. But when you withhold what is mine, God says, you're robbing me. And he says, if you want to get right with me then, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. And then Malachi takes it to another level and reminds them that they are the children of God. They're part of God's family. So he wants them to know that this is a family organization that they're cheating. Let me put it to you this way. Suppose you have built a business from the ground up and it's prospered. I suppose you and your spouse have five children and and you've provided everything for them. You know, you've fed them, you've clothed them, you've educated them. And all five of them come to you one day and they say, you know, we've watched you build this business from the ground up and it's prospering. We want in on it. We want to work with you. We want to help build the business. Now, you look at them and you say, there's nobody else in this world that I would rather see blessed than my own children. So you bring them into your company. Imagine 10 years down the road when you discover that your business is going belly up and you're having to declare bankruptcy, that the reason for it is that from the moment all five of your children came to work for you, that they began to take receipts 
profits from the company and deposit it in their own account. Can you imagine such a thing as that? So you've provided for them. You've given everything. You wanted them to be blessed. You brought them into the company, into your business. And all along, they were doing what? They were stealing from you. Well, that's what the people in Malachi's day were doing with God. And when we don't give our tithe and honor God that way, we're doing the same thing. Where do all our blessings come from in life? They come from God. Who does God want to bless more than anybody else in this world? That's His children. That's us. If we claim Christ as Savior and we say we're a Christ follower and we're a member of a church that worships God and honors God, God wants to bless us. And so we got to do a heart check to see if we're in relationship with God and are we honoring Him or are we robbing Him? I think one of the big issues is really coming to understand what the tithe means. That's why maybe Malachi says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Because a lot of people think that just giving something week by week is tithing, and that's not right. Tithing is the beginning, I think, of Christian stewardship, where you give 10%. Then beyond that, anything you give is, is grace giving. And some people say, you know, tithing is Old Testament. Well, it never was taken out of the context. It was always referenced in the New Testament. I said, well, what about this concept of grace giving or proportionate giving? Well, when you give beyond the tithe, you begin to get generous. That's grace giving. And proportionate giving, I agree with. But that's in the 90% you have left after you've given God the 10%. And out of that, you pay your house, you put down money for education and cars and uh, all those kinds of things. You know, and then you have to decide what you're going to give to mission offerings and other opportunities as they come along. So, you know, that's that proportionate giving. Recently, a group of people uh, were put together, a dozen or so, to talk about exactly what does it mean to tithe. And the reason these 12 people were put together in this group is because they had uh, declared themselves to be tithers. And I want you to listen to some of the way they described tithing, what it meant to tithe. One said tithing is giving 10% of my income to the Lord. Another one said tithing is giving regularly to the work of God's church. Another said Tithing is giving 10% of line 22 of the IRS form 1040. And you give that to your church. That must be what is that? Your net? Well, that's what you're taxed on, whatever. Another one said, between my church, my civic club, and various other great causes, I contribute 10% of my income. Somebody else said, tithing is pledging a certain amount of money to my church each year and being faithful to fulfill that pledge. Someone else said tithing is making an online contribution to my church off my smartphone uh, when the offering plates are passed in the time of worship. Another one was honest enough to say, I'm not quite sure why I got invited to this meeting. My intention is to tithe, but I don't have any money. I hope to give some money sometime. Maybe I can leave the church some money in my will. And then the last one said, I give 10% of my take-home pay that shows up in my bank by direct deposit. But somebody else suggested to me recently that I ought to tithe off of the gross amount rather than off of the net. I sure hope they're wrong. Well, a lot of people are wrong about the tithe. From our shallow Christian, we've got a quick video about what ethos tithing really is.
When I was a kid, I remember my mother would give me a dime every Sunday to put in the offering plate. She said it was important to give back to God. Now that I've grown up and have been blessed with a high-paying job, I realize just how important it is. That's why every Sunday I put a dime in the collection plate, because that's what tithing is all about: giving back just enough so that God won't lightning bolt you. <laughs> and for me, that amount is a dime. These have been deep thoughts from a shallow Christian. I think that was a pretty shallow thought from a shallow Christian. But unfortunately, a lot of people think, okay, you know, I used to get a dollar given to me to go to Sunday school and I'd go to church, and so I throw a dollar in. See, if we don't adhere to the tithe, which simply means 10%, and God makes that so easy for us, for us mathematically challenged people, well, you can figure it out without a calculator. 10% is easy to figure. What if it was 27.87%? But God makes it simple and easy, 10%. Anybody can figure that. But that's what it means. Off of $100, if you made $100 this week, what would be your tithe? You got it, okay? So now you know how to figure that. So you take your income and you figure 10% of that. And that's what God is calling us to do, to bring that full tithe in. And those of us who've been tithers can tell you, that God is true to His Word. And we don't prove that tithing works. What we prove is that God is faithful and He can be trusted. That's what we prove in tithing. Now you think about this. We talk about how mighty God is. Look at the names on these banners there before you about God. And what you know about God, the Creator, the Sustainer of life, the Redeemer, all those things we know about God. Do you really think that the God who created this vast universe, things we don't even know about yet, would design a financial plan that would fail? Absolutely not. And that's what millions of people through the years who have committed to tithing will tell you. God is faithful. Not just that tithing works, but God is faithful. There's so much we could say uh, about that today. And I, I want to challenge you. You might want to look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Maybe some of you have that as um, one of your favorite references to trust in the Lord. But Proverbs 3 says, trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. That's great advice. But read on down to verses 9 and 10 which says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, since we're not in an agriculturally dominated economy today, we don't trade in those first fruits from the field. We trade in money, you know, or so it would be the first check or the first transfer or whatever like that is to be given to God. The first 10%. However you are paid, whether you get your check from the office, whether it's mailed to you, whether it's direct deposit, then you figure your 10% off of that, and you give it to God. And we've got other ways that you can do that besides writing a check. Many people have gone to online giving or having an automatic payment taken out of your account. Some people tell me, I do it that way, so if I'm not able to be there, my, 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 my tithe is there, my offering is there. And that's a great way to do it. If you want to do that, call us in the church office. Allison Stevenson will walk you through how to do it. Now, 
Just very quickly, I wanted to lay that foundation about why Malachi wrote what he wrote. Of course, God inspired him to do that as he wanted. He wanted to give the people of God the Word of God. But now what I want to do is get you to understand that the tithe is not just, it's not just giving anything you want to because that's undisciplined, unplanned giving. But to honor God, faithfully giving is to give obediently to the tithe, which is 10%. Now I want to give you quickly four reasons why we should tithe. Number one, tithing is a recognition of God's ownership. That's a consistent theme all the way through the Bible. In Psalm 50, verses 10 through 12, for example, uh, God says to the psalmist, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. See, as the old timers used to say, if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he owns the hills also. And it's out of all that he owns that he blesses us. And out of that, he asks for the 10% back. We're just his money managers. We're his stewards. And he asks us to do it faithfully. To be obedient in our giving is to give the tithe and prove God's ownership. Second reason to tithe is this. Tithing brings that blessings of obedience. See, in Malachi 3.10, only place I know where God says, put me to the test. Everywhere else, he tests us. And God says, put me to the test. Give the 10% and see if I don't bless you. That's what the people here were arguing about in Malachi. They said, why should we live a righteous lifestyle anyway? And God says, well, you're not really doing it. You think you are, but you're not. You bring me the full tithe, and we read on through there. He'll say, you'll know the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous because of the way that I bless you. People in Malachi's day were struggling with financial issues just like we are today. You don't look back up that and say, well, boy, that was the good old days. They didn't, have, they didn't have to worry about bills and finances that we do. Oh, yes, they did. Theirs was a daily existence. They lived hand to mouth daily. They got paid daily because they had to buy food daily. And, and that was the way that they lived. They had, they had financial commitments. Every generation has. It's all a matter of prioritizing and managing your money to the glory of God. These people also had been uh, captives. And then for 70 years, they'd been held as exiles. And then the Persians got smart and said, well, they're becoming a burden to us. We'll send them back home, let them work, but we'll tax them heavily. They were under heavy taxation. We know what that's all about, too. And some people were saying, you know, it's just our budget is tight. If we give that 10%, we won't make our budget. And God says, try this, test me, and see if I don't bless you. I'll give you that challenge. Make a commitment to tithe for this coming year. Begin now. Begin this week. You know, if everybody would tithe and give those offerings faithfully between now and the end of the year, we could meet our budget for this year. We're about two and a half weeks behind, not quite three weeks behind. And if everybody would give that faithfully, even if you've pledged and you're behind and if you'd catch up, you know, if we would all give that now to the end of the year, I think we could meet our budget. We're only two and a half weeks behind. I want to give you a greater challenge. Take God at His Word. Make a commitment to tithe for the coming year, 2015. And see if God is not faithful to His promise to bless you. That's a great reason to tithe. God says, I challenge you to give at a level that will test my ability to bless you.
Number three, reason to tithe. Tithing provides for the ministry of the church. This is your storehouse, if you're a member here. If you're not a member and you want to give, that's great too, if you're worshiping here, attending regularly. But this is your storehouse. This is the place where ministry takes place. And part of that reason you give to the storehouse is so that ministry can be done from it, just like it was in, in, in the day that Malachi wrote this. This is where your money is spent to educate people about God, to give them discipling, to do world mission from here, to do local missions from here, to get us missionally minded, to get us out of the walls and into the community. Why do we need to give the time to the storehouse? Well, so that we have a point of reference uh, for worship and belonging and fellowship and spiritual growth. And so that we'll learn to prioritize our giving. And why to the storehouse rather than taking your 10% and spreading it around? It's because this is your place of worship. This is your church home. And you need to support it. And I will tell you that the local church is still, God created it, Jesus died to establish it. It's still where most of the ministry is done around the world. Studies recently even have shown that 90% of believers around the world get 90% of their discipleship education through the local church. And that 85% of all conversions to Christ, faith in Christ, is not done through mass crusades or parachurch organizations, but through the local church. Excuse my grammar, but this, you know, this is where it's happening. This is where it's at, you know, is in the local church. A study by Empty Tomb revealed that if church members in the United States would tithe, I don't know how many there are, but if every church member would tithe, there would be an additional $86 billion for the work of the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to think about it here. Obviously, everybody doesn't tithe because we're nowhere near our potential. We're not even meeting our budget of 1.625, which is far below our potential. If we figure what the average income is out here in Northeast Columbia, and then you figure a tithe off of that from every household, I think the impact would be that our, our giving potential is somewhere around $3 million. That's almost double what our budget is. One of the reasons is that between 38 and 50% of the people who call themselves members of Spring Valley Baptist don't give anything. So I'm asking you gently. God says, this is a command, be obedient. I'm asking you. Because I know people tell me, I don't want to be told what to do. Okay, you've got a problem with God today, not me, because this is God telling you this. That, that you give the 10%, and God will bless you. And think about the blessings that God will bring to this church. Think about the ministry we could do. You know, we send 8% to the cooperative program for missions around the world, 2% for local missions. You think what that would be off a $3 million budget, the receipts that would come in. There's no telling what else we could do in this community to minister to Northeast Columbia with unlimited resources. So I'm asking you to bring your tithe to the storehouse. Then the fourth reason is because tithing glorifies God. See, well, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I believe you're faithful. I believe that you meet all my needs. I believe you're the owner of everything. You give me everything in my life. I believe that you will be faithful. And I believe that you will bless me. And when we step out on that faith and we give to the level that we think will test God's readiness and, and capacity to bless us, then we've stepped out and we've done something on faith. We really have. And, and some of the motivating factors for that should be this. 
You see our salvation because when God gave His Son and Jesus laid down His life for you and He wiped the slate clean of all your sins, who invites you into His family, secures your eternity, and, and promises to bless you with everything you need between now and eternity, then you ought to be willing to give back to God 10% of what He's given to you. You don't become a tither by accident. You have to make a commitment to that. One final quick video about Bob. Let's see if you can identify with Bob, okay? Meet Bob. Bob's been coming to church for a while now. Amidst the busyness of work and life, he wants to grow closer to the Lord, but he feels like something's missing. He reads his Bible, well, sometimes. He's attending a home group and even listening to podcasts of old sermons. But try as he might, he just feels like something's missing. Then Bob heard a teaching on giving financially. He felt a little convicted, knowing that he and his family were not regularly tithing 10%. But he wondered, does God really command me to give the first 10% to the church? Does the church really even need the money? What's in it for me? Why should I give? Bob decided to dig a little deeper and look into it for himself. So he opened his Bible and really didn't know where to look. So we Googled Bible passages about money. He was very surprised to find a large number of verses about tithing, and not just in the Old Testament. Jesus himself taught about tithing to the local church. Now Bob was really feeling convicted. He was beginning to see why the tithe was so important. It wasn't about the church needing money or trying to scam him in some way. It was a question of the heart. Bob repented of his disobedience and he started to return the first 10% of his income to God. He was pleasantly surprised to see breakthroughs in many areas of his life. His relationship with his children, his marriage, and even his finances began to improve. Bob thought back to one of the verses that he'd read about the time. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out my blessing upon you. See, Bob didn't uh, become a tither by accident. He had to make a study, and then he made a commitment about it. I'm told that rock climbers, if you're into rock climbing, maybe you know this, talk about a move that they make, and it's called a commitment move, where you have to step off from where you are uh, secured by your line. And when you do that, you get to a higher level. But what you have to do is you have to trust what you're tied to more than what you're standing on. And I think when I think about that, that's what faith is all about, isn't it? That we've got to trust what we're tied to more than what we're standing on. And that's what about tithing is about as well, because it's a faith issue. That we have to trust what we're tied to, to God, more than what we're standing on, which is what we can see. See, we don't even know the blessings God has in store for us if we would all tithe. And so my challenge for you today is to live faithful, to give generously, and to do that by giving obediently to the tithe. Father, we thank you for all the blessings in life you give to us, for meeting our every need in life. You are such a good God, and you bless us so graciously. I pray that we, your people here at Spring Valley, will develop a heart that will be open to great, be grateful and generous because of your great blessings for us. Father, I pray that your words will challenge us today to make stewardship commitments that will honor you and that will put you to the test to bless us. Father, we know that you're faithful. Help us to trust that as we move forward in the life of our church to be obedient 
and being a tithing church and giving generously beyond that all to your glory. Father, thank you for giving us Jesus Christ through whom we have every spiritual gift. And we thank you, Father, for every spiritual blessing that he brings. And I pray that through that acknowledgement, we will seek to glorify your name by being obedient with the tithe. In Jesus' name, amen.